Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning to you here at 6 o'clock. We're glad you've joined us. Just in time for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you. Right here, right now on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning Could Alberto be on the way? Details are coming up in one minute. I'll be talking live in a moment with an AccuWeather meteorologist about that tropical weather system and what it may mean to you over the Memorial Day weekend. Plus, is the North Korean summit on or off? The latest coming up on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio 1025. Forecasters now say that a tropical depression or tropical storm Alberto could form in the Gulf of Mexico. The National Hurricane Center says there's a 70% chance of that happening in the next two days and a 90% chance in the next five days. For a number of days, this disturbance, which is an invest right now, Invest 90L is its title, the models have been all over the place, but they're in good agreement now. We've got a broad area of low pressure that's actually centered over the eastern Yucatan Peninsula. It's moving slowly northward, getting better defined. And Dennis Feltkin at the National Hurricane Center says... Whatever happens, Florida's going to get a lot of rain. NOAA, meanwhile, is out with its 2018 hurricane season forecast, predicting 10 to 16 named storms, with 5 to 9 becoming hurricanes and 1 to 4 becoming major hurricanes. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. As Florida braces for wet weather over the holiday weekend, the Highway Patrol is warning drivers to be especially careful. Captain Thomas Peichel says don't drive if you don't have to. And if driving is the only option, remember, buckle up and slow down. You want to keep a safe driving distance between vehicles. You don't want to be passing vehicles, changing lanes. Remember that wet pavement can result in skidding and hydroplaning. And we want you to be patient. Stay alert while you're out there on the road. And turn off the cruise control. It may be handy, but Peichel says it can be a hazard when you're dealing with wet roads and soggy streets. Orange County deputies are investigating the shooting of a man who was driving along westbound State Road 408 near Goldenrod Road during last night's rush hour. Investigators say a passerby found the man semi-conscious in the car. He was taken to a nearby hospital in critical condition. The admitted gunman from the high school shooting in Parkland makes a court appearance today. Nicholas Cruz identified as the teenage gunman who stormed Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School last February and killed 17 people is due back in front of a judge today. Not much is expected to happen at court and the hearing is only for lawyers to check in and for the court to examine the case's progress. Cruz is represented by a public defender and is still offering to plead guilty in exchange for a life sentence. Prosecutors, however, insist they'll pursue the death penalty. In Miami, Eben Brown, Fox News. Shots fired inside Louie's Restaurant in Oklahoma City. The gunman fired off several rounds, wounding two female customers, and then tried to leave when an armed man confronted him and shot the suspect dead. Now that good Samaritan is being hailed as a hero, potentially saving dozens of lives. Debbie Doggett had a relative inside that restaurant who made it out. We just felt so fortunate that there was someone there who was able to stop it uh, before more people were hurt. A third person, an adult male, was injured running from the scene. He fell and broke his arm. And while you're speaking, we're following breaking news out of Canada where a restaurant has been hit with a bomb that has injured 15 people, Alan. We'll stay on that story this morning. Disgraced movie mogul Harvey Weinstein is expected to turn himself in to New York City authorities today on sex abuse charges. 
This comes one day after a grand jury reportedly heard evidence in connection with sex assault allegations against Weinstein. The Hollywood mogul has denied all claims of non-consensual sex. And actor Morgan Freeman is denying sexual harassment allegations against him. CNN says it spoke with 16 women, eight claiming to be victims of Freeman's misconduct and eight saying they witnessed it. Boy, that was a shock that came out of nowhere on Morgan Freeman, so universally admired. And his his face and his voice on so many things, I'm told this morning, they're beginning to pull a lot of the Morgan Freeman ads off the air in the wake of that uh, of that report. So get in line behind Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey. Kind of looks like it, yeah. yeah. list goes on. Now, Freeman is apologizing, um, he says, for anyone he might have offended. So we'll see how it all plays out. WFLA News Time is 6.06. Troops guarding U.S. nuclear weapons reportedly experimented with LSD. That story is online at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Great to have Alan with us. Brings us the news every Friday and... um. Yaffe in the control room, pulling it all together. It's going to be another busy morning. He's our executive producer, always seems to make it flow so smoothly. And we've got our fine call screener, Steph, who will be the first voice you hear when you join the conversation on whatever we're discussing on the 50,000-watt front porch. And, of course, your opinion is welcome, whether we agree or disagree. 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. We come to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit Laura has the buyers.com. Last day for our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest and your chance to win your share of $880,000 in cash. Listen now for the new keyword of the hour. It's the last day. We'll have a couple more of them at 7 and 8. Then text that word to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner. We're checking that breaking news on the bomb attack against a restaurant in Canada. I'll have that for you as a headline. And in a moment, of course, we will update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, as always, in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. All week long, we've been giving you the very latest information available on this gathering tropical system that could be a factor in our weather big time over the Memorial Day weekend. Now, here we are, right on the threshold of the long weekend, and we're beginning to get a more solid idea of exactly what we might be in for weather-wise. We're going to get this broken down for you on a day-by-day basis through the holiday weekend Let's bring in AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Dager, who did such a great job for us on yesterday's show. Um, Welcome back to Good Morning Orlando, Bill. We appreciate you coming on so early. Hey, good to be back. So you take a look at that system down in the Caribbean. What do you see, and where's it headed? Well, it continues to get better organized uh, this morning as it's located on uh, Mexican's Yucatan coast right now in the far western Caribbean Sea. It's continuing to work its way off to the north, and at this point we expect it to become a tropical system or a subtropical system by the time it makes it into the Gulf uh, by tonight or even tomorrow. It would take on the name Alberto, and it would bring uh, some rain and thunderstorms to the southeast over the next couple of days. These storms we'll be seeing scattered around today and tomorrow, not necessarily from what will become Alberto, but it looks like Sunday we may see a direct impact or at least an indirect impact from that with the uh, storm passing off to our west, likely some heavy rain, gusty winds, and even some flooding downpours. All right, now the system itself, 
is going to stay somewhere out in the Gulf. We'd be on the right side of this and a lot of tropical moisture dug in, but we're n- are moving our way, but we're not looking at a direct hit, even if this becomes Alberta. Would that be correct here in the peninsula? That's uh, how it looks right now. It looks like the area most likely to see landfall from this system by Sunday or Monday of uh, next week looks to be from the Florida panhandle west of New Orleans. Still a little uncertain where that center of the storm will go in or how strong it will be when it makes uh, landfall there. But uh, like you said, the eastern part of that storm, it tends to be the part of the storm that uh, feeds the system. So lots of uh, tropical moisture being streamed in from the south and the southeast on this side of the storm. And we'll be right in that on Sunday. So again, Sunday, it looks like here in in central Florida, uh, the best threat for some heavy rain and uh, thunderstorm activity, even the potential for, you know, on the eastern quadrant, isolated tornadoes. Uh, So that's something we'll be keeping an eye on uh, later in the weekend. Okay, so scattered afternoon storms Friday and Saturday. Maybe a big-time washout on Sunday. What about the Memorial Day holiday on Monday for Central Florida? So many observances and tributes to be paid for those who fought and died for our country. What does Memorial Day look like in Central Florida now, Bill? Yes, Sunday, certainly, again, the day that looks to be the best chance of rain. And we're still going to have a pretty significant chance on Memorial Day Monday as well. They'll back off a little bit compared to Sunday. So we're still expecting a shower thunderstorm to be around pretty much at any time. Uh, Temperatures will be in the low 80s with some breaks of sun. So, again, uh, the weekend kind of sandwiched uh, Saturday and Monday your lowest probability of rain, but it's still above 50%. And again, Sunday, the day that looks to be almost a washout in some areas. Really appreciate it. The very latest from AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Dager. Nice to have you with us as always. And I hope, regardless of the weather, you have a nice Memorial Day weekend. Thank you, Bill. You as well. Thank you. All right. Good deal. Now we're going to get into this North Korean summit. Um, President Trump pulled us out of it yesterday. Here is some of what he had to say after he personally wrote a letter to North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un. Here's the president. Based on the recent statement of North Korea, I have decided to terminate the planned summit in Singapore on June 12th. While many things can happen and a great opportunity lies ahead, potentially, I believe that this is a tremendous setback for North Korea and, indeed, a setback for the world. A lot of things can happen, including the fact that perhaps, and would wait, it's possible that the existing summit could take place or a summit at some later date. Yeah, and all of a sudden, as I'll share with you in a moment, North Korea sounded like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on now, Mr. President. Uh, I think maybe we do want to come to the table and have that summit meeting. I think we got some art of the deal strategery going on here with President Trump. I really do. I'll share his letter to Kim Jong-un in a moment. And um, there's a lot more to talk about in this very important story. So stay tuned here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. If you want to weigh in on what you think the president and Kim Jong-un are up to, 407-916-5400. Text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. You know, in his um, long career in real estate, Donald Trump was noted and notorious for the way he would negotiate and how skillful he was 
He wrote the book, The Art of the Deal, and part of the art of the deal with Trump was he was always willing to listen and always willing to offer a deal or to be open to someone else's deal. But he would walk away in a heartbeat if he didn't like what he heard or he didn't think somebody was serious or somebody was dealing honestly with him. I see him applying that now by pulling the plug on the North Korean summit yesterday, only to find North Korea more in a moment, kind of like scrambling back to the table. They are now saying North Korea, a statement from their state-run media in this communist country, Kim Jong-un has made the utmost efforts to hold a summit with the U.S. president. We're still willing to resolve issues with the U.S. whenever, however. (laughs) That the president's decision to scrap the U.S.-North Korean summit's not in line with the world's wishes. Our commitment to doing our best in the wake of peace and stability for the world and the Korean Peninsula remains unchanged. We're open-minded in giving time and opportunity to the U.S. It's like, you know, the president called their bluff and they're saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, but they had called Vice President Pence a political dummy. They had said nasty things about national security advisor John Bolton. The president wrote a letter that I will share in a moment to um, to Kim Jong-un, okay? And then after that, it looks like, and who knows what he can trust these nutcases over in North Korea, but it looks like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, we were just, you know, we were just a little rhetoric there, Mr. President, you know, and and uh, you're a big power, we're a small power. We, we just were talking, and some people were talking who maybe shouldn't have been talking. Please, can we do the summit, Mr. President? I saw right away Trump and the art of the deal in this, and it's interesting. Harvard Law professor and liberal attorney Alan Dershowitz was on Fox yesterday. He's actually had some good things to say about Trump recently, and he was asked, is this Trump the master negotiator in action, the art of the deal? Alan Dershowitz, what about it? Absolutely. This is playing into Donald Trump's strong suite. He knows how to make a deal. He knows how to walk away from the table. He knows how to offer to come back to the table. I'm certainly not going to second guess our president when it comes to negotiating with North Korea. I don't think he had any choice. Once he heard what I think once he heard what the leader of North Korea said about the United States, said about our vice president, he had no choice but to walk away. But he's walked away in a conditional sense. And he said, I welcome you to come back, but on my terms. Remember, we have most of the cards in this negotiation, and I think the president's playing them well. And here's Alan Dershowitz's prediction moving forward. If I had to make a long-term prediction, I would predict we're going to have the meeting and we'll be on somewhat better terms. And already North Korea is talking about, well, well, wait a minute. We weren't talking about pulling the plug on the summit. Here's the letter that Trump sent to Un yesterday. Dear Mr. Chairman, we greatly appreciate your time, patience, and effort. And with respect to our recent negotiations and discussions relative to a summit long sought by both parties, which was scheduled to take place on June 12th in Singapore, we were informed that the meeting was requested by North Korea, but uh, that to us is totally irrelevant. I was very much looking forward to being there with you. Sadly, based on the tremendous anger and the open hostility displayed in your most recent statements, I feel it is inappropriate at this time to have this long-planned meeting. Therefore, please let this letter serve to represent that the Singapore summit, for the good of both parties, but to the detriment of the world, will not take place. You talk about your nuclear capabilities, but ours are so massive and powerful, and I pray to God they'll never be used. 
I felt a wonderful dialogue was building up between you and me, and ultimately it is only that dialogue that matters. Someday I very much look forward to meeting you. In the meantime, I want to thank you for the release of the hostages who are now home with their families. That was a beautiful gesture, very much appreciated. If you change your mind having to do with this most recent summit, please do not hesitate to call me or write. The world, and North Korea in particular, has lost a great opportunity for lasting peace and great prosperity and wealth. This missed opportunity is truly a sad moment in history. Sincerely yours, Donald J. Trump, President of the United States. He's working him, and at least this morning, Yaffe, signs that it is working. Now, all of a sudden, North Korea wants to make nice and sit down. Yeah, I think Trump is giving the right tone here. He's willing, still willing to make a deal in the future, but he's not going to put up with the nonsense that's been coming out of that country in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, yep. We'll see. There's a whole lot more still to come. Very interesting reaction of the North Korean to the Trump letter, don't you think? More on this in a live report in our 8 o'clock hour with our top correspondent working the foreign desk. Now, Alan Spector with the news on Friday mornings. More than a dozen injured as a bomb goes off in the Toronto area in a restaurant. Our breaking news this hour. And the chances of a tropical depression or storm forming in the Gulf on the increase. Good morning, Orlando at 6.30. Now, especially for you just joining us here on the Friday edition of Good Morning, Orlando. Um, the big story that broke overnight. Alan, what's the latest out of Toronto? An explosion at a restaurant near Toronto has injured more than a dozen people, bud. Three of them critically Police say three men set off an improvised explosive device inside an Indian restaurant in suburban Mississauga last night. Police say the men walked into the restaurant around 10.30 p.m., set off the IED, and ran out. Again, more than a dozen people injured, about 15 or so. Three of them are said to be in critical condition. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. We're expecting an update from the National Hurricane Center at 8 o'clock this morning regarding that system that's been hanging around the Yucatan Peninsula. As of last night, forecasters gave that system a 90% chance of eventually developing into a tropical depression or tropical storm Alberto as it moves north into the Gulf of Mexico. Whatever happens, Dennis Felkin at the National Hurricane Center says Florida can expect a lot of rain. It could be the West Coast, could be the Middle, could be the East Coast, could be everything. There's been a lot of rain across the Florida Peninsula for the last week, so there are a few places for that water to go other than up. So I would be very concerned about the possibility of flooding and flash flooding over the Memorial Day weekend. So that's something we should all be paying attention to. Meanwhile, NOAA is predicting that the upcoming hurricane season will be near or above normal. That's when you have more storms forming in the tropical Atlantic, and those storms tend to track farther westward, that's, and that's why the Caribbean and the United continental United States are, are more at risk. The agency's lead hurricane forecaster, Dr. Jerry Bell, is predicting 10 to 16 named storms during the six-month season, with five to nine becoming hurricanes, one to four becoming major hurricanes. The hurricane season hasn't officially started yet. That comes one week from today. A toddler injured in a street racing crash in Tampa died yesterday. 21-month-old Lilia Robinolt was being pushed by her mother Jessica in a stroller across Bayshore Boulevard Wednesday. That's when investigators say a teenager involved in a street race hit them. The mother died shortly after the crash. The driver who hit them and the other teen involved in the race are both charged with vehicular homicide. 
President Trump is calling off his planned summit with North Korea's Kim Jong-un. Fox's Griff Jenkins has the latest. It was the latest provocation from North Korea and the failure of officials to show up at a planned meeting in Singapore that escalated things and drove the president to pull the plug. I believe that this is a tremendous setback for North Korea and indeed a setback for the world. The president also penned a direct letter to Kim, the first on communication between the two nations' leaders, and now North Korea saying it's willing to sit down for talks, quote, at any time, at any format, according to their vice foreign minister. The summit was scheduled to take place June 12th in Singapore. The Orlando Magic are reportedly set to meet with former Charlotte Harnets head coach Steve Clifford about their coaching vacancy. Clifford previously spent five years as an assistant here in Orlando under Stan Van Gundy from 2007 through 2012. WFLA News Time is 6.36. I'm Alan Spector, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Thanks, Alan. Let's bring in Gina Cervetti live from New York City in the Bloomberg Newsroom with our Friday morning Bloomberg Business Report. And Good Friday morning to you, Gina. Good Friday morning to you. So what about the stock report? What about those futures? How are they looking this morning? Mm, Well, the futures look pretty good. Actually, looks like we're headed for a higher Wall Street open ahead of the long holiday weekend with Memorial Day coming up. And yesterday we had a lower close, geopolitics, mentioning the summit just now and the cancellation of it, that front and center, leaving investors a little bit disappointed here. And we saw the Dow lower by about 75 points to 24,812. The S&P slipping six or two-tenths to 27.28. The NASDAQ was little changed. It was down about two points. The Bloomberg Orlando index rose two-tenths percent. Gina, we've been following, and I think you brought us some updates along the way, of this concern that some baby powder could cause cancer. Um, This is... uh You have an update for us. It involves California and it involves jurors. What's going Mm -hmm. on? Yes, there was another trial involving this situation. And the law firm that won this case against Johnson & Johnson says California jurors wanted to force the company to warn consumers that Johnson's baby powder could be contaminated with asbestos. The judge said they could not do that. The jury then awarded $4 million in punitive damages to a woman, 68-year-old Joanne Anderson, who said her deadly cancer cancer was caused by asbestos in J&J's baby powder. A day earlier, she was awarded almost $22 million. Now, this is the second jury in less than two months to say that Johnson & Johnson sold baby powder knowing it had at least trace amounts of asbestos and posed a cancer risk. The company is facing claims by more than 9,000 plaintiffs, primarily connecting the talc to ovarian cancer. A lot more, obviously, to come on this. Thanks for the update, Gina. We're heading into the summer season. I mean, we've really been in the soup here in Florida of late, but we are the sunshine state, and sunscreen is absolutely essential. You've got an important story that the stuff we buy off the shelf made in the USA may not be up to snuff. What's the deal? This is a Bloomberg story this morning, bud, and I confess I didn't know that the uh, sunscreen products sold in Europe, Japan, Australia, and Canada apparently all do a better job shielding us against cancer-causing skin damage. Uh, They also feel better on the skin. 
What is going on here? Stricter U.S. approval standards have brought innovation to a standstill here, limiting sunscreen options in the U.S. The industry has turned to Congress for help, and a pending bill aimed at speeding approvals took on more urgency this month when Hawaiian lawmakers banned two major ingredients that they say may harm coral reefs. Yeah, I had no idea that uh, other parts of the world were ahead of us in the protective qualities of sunscreens. Very interesting, important stuff there, Gina. Before you go, you know, we're looking at gas prices rising and who knows how much more they will go up. We're looking at an average of about 289 a gallon for regular here in the central Florida area. And when gas goes up in price fast, it takes money out of people's pockets that they would normally spend on other things and it can be pretty tough on the economy thoughts on that this morning gina there's a bloomberg article about this today it says that u.s consumer spending appears to be well positioned to ride out these near three dollar gasoline prices bud that are making for the costliest driving in four years although any extended more pronounced increase could prove more problematic. AAA says the price of regular gasoline is up 47 cents since the start of the year. All right, that's it for the Friday Bloomberg Business Report. Gina, I know you guys won't be working on Monday. We're not doing a show on Monday. We'll be off um, observing the Memorial Day holiday, but we'll look for your Bloomberg Business Reports resuming early next week. Tuesday, right? That's right. We'll see you then. Take good care of yourself, Gina. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Coming up, we're getting into gun control, and my question to you Should the maker of the gun and the seller of the gun that was used by the Broward County School Massacre shooter, should they be held liable? They're about to be sued. And we're talking about it with you here in a moment. So be ready to go on the phones at 407-916-5400. Text line always open at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. I don't think that the maker of the gun or the seller of the gun should bear any liability. It is a legal product, and it's people that kill people. Okay? That's where I am on this. We'll talk about what's going on. Uh, we'll have an update as well on Orlando's News Weather and Traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'll freely admit, if I were the dad of a child slaughtered in a school massacre, I'd be looking for justice anywhere I could find it. My emotions would be out of control. I am sympathetic to the nth degree. But I cannot support this lawsuit that is being filed by the grieving parents of a couple of the kids who were murdered by Nicholas Cruz on Valentine's Day at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, Broward County. They have filed suit against the gun maker and the gun seller. The makers of the AR-15 that Cruz used and the gun shop where it was legally purchased. I think that is... I understand anger and emotion, and I can't fully relate to what these parents would be, would be feeling, but I think it is wholly misplaced, and it gripes me, it grinds my gears that there are lawyers out there who know, boy, they can run up the, run up the bills and the hourly charges and whatever, and yeah, let's go with this. 
I can also tell you that the thing may get stopped in its tracks because there is a Florida law that prohibits suits against makers and sellers and other related groups if a gun is used in an unlawful manner. That's already on the books, and it may stop this thing cold. But if you're going, if you're going for justice in the wake of this, and you're grieving the death of your precious son or daughter, like these parents obviously are, there's lots of people you need to go after, okay? The gun manufacturer, the gun seller, they are making and selling legal products here. Isn't this the equivalent of, of if, you know, if, if I got run over by a car, a perfectly good car, and killed, that my parents, my family, would want to sue the car company and would want to sue the dealership that sold it to the person who drove it badly and killed me. It, it, that, that, it's that equivalent, isn't it? I mean, sue the Broward County Sheriff's Office. Sue the coward cop who stayed outside while the carnage was unfolding. Sue the school district that went soft on these kids who were troublemakers by embracing Obama's promise program so not so many kids wound up running afoul of the law and getting criminal records. I mean, sue anyone who ignored all the red flags that were in the air for years over Nicholas Cruz and ignored. Go sue the FBI for dropping the ball on the call, on the voicemail, saying this kid is about to activate. Get on it. And they never did. But don't sue the maker of the gun and the seller of the gun. 407-916-5400. That is not where the blame lies, and that should not be where the liability rests either. 407-916-5400. Agree or disagree? Text me at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. One of the parents who lost their child in the Parkland School Massacre back in February in Broward County is um, commenting on this lawsuit against the maker and the seller of the AR-15 used by Nicholas Cruz, saying, bottom line, we need to hold people accountable for this gun violence. I couldn't agree with you more. But not people who were involved in the manufacture and sale of a completely legal product. I mean, I, 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 it's, it, they're, they're aiming in the wrong direction, if you will. Are they not? Alan from Montverde, what do you think? Well, Bud, sitting in the choir, the preacher called Bud preached it to the congregation better than I could have stole. He stole my thunder, so keep preaching. Bud, I have a 30-second story here. I have an extended family member. If we're going to use the same analogy, his first wife was pregnant was killed by a drunk driver. We should have sold uh, General Motors for selling the Chevrolet pickup truck. Oh, yeah. Should have sold. should have gone after Budweiser for manufacturing the beer, 7-Eleven who produced it. That's the same stupidity analogy on here. I'm like you. This needs to go back to Bill Nelson and all those Democrats who thought gun control and all these stupid things were such great laws. 
And then, like you said, the Broward County School Board administration, the sheriff's department, the local law enforcement who were paid to do their job that didn't do their job. Yes. That's where it should start. Amen to that, Alan. Thank you much. Scott, you've been listening to all of this. Good morning from Orlando. Uh, but you are right on. Um, these Parkland students are trying to go to fame. They should send their fame in protesting Broward County Sheriff or Scott Israel to resign. The only person that's trying to do anything is Donald Trump to reform the FBI because the FBI is wasting all this money going after Trump when they could be protecting the people, the students, and this and that. And, you know, the school yep. board, Apaka High School security sits in his car and texts on his phone and doesn't even look around of the students or the parents bringing their kids to school. This, I've been watching this for like a month, and this guy's just sitting in his car doing nothing. Hmm. Interesting. Thanks on that score. Gaffey, get the text line in on this conversation, okay? Yeah, it's, uh, a lot of people making similar points to our callers. One person says, if we're going to sue gun stores and manufacturers for crimes committed with their legal products, then it's time to sue Taco Bell for making people fat and Toyota for drunk driving accidents. Yeah, and, and those analogies all hold here, which is why I think... I don't have a problem with the grieving parents of these kids who were slaughtered in that school seeking justice through the, through the legal system here. But sue people who actually bear some liability for what happened, and they are many. Don't sue the gun maker and the gun seller. It's a legal product that was misused by a young madman. And that's not their fault, the gun seller and the gun maker. News at the top of the hour now. Stay tuned. Alan Spector bringing it to us on Fridays. Among the headlines, Florida bracing for a weekend drenching from a tropical system. And somebody sets off a bomb at a restaurant up in Canada near Toronto. More than a dozen hurt. The very latest coming up. As we roll on into hour number two from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. So glad you're with us. Good Friday morning to you at 6.59. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us here on a Friday morning. It's dawning bright and beautiful here at 7 o'clock. Our next look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here, right now for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, Florida braces for a wet weekend. Details are coming up in one minute. And you're going to hear a couple of Republican congressional candidates here in Florida debating whether displaced Puerto Ricans ought to be able to vote here. Coming up next on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio 1025. There's now a 90% chance that a tropical depression or tropical storm Alberto will form in the Gulf of Mexico. That from the National Hurricane Center in Miami, where Dennis Felkin says he and other forecasters have been tracking an area of low pressure near and over the Yucatan Peninsula. It's very possible the subtropical or tropical depression is going to form by late Saturday over the southeastern Gulf of Mexico. The Florida Peninsula will be on the wet side of this, so it looks like locally heavy rainfall is going to be the big story over Florida, regardless of whether this thing gets its act together or not. In addition, the threat of rip currents will steadily increase along the Gulf Coast from Florida westward to Louisiana over the Memorial Day weekend. Later this weekend, stay tuned. You're going to hear from one of our top flight AccuWeather meteorologists, and we'll break down the holiday weekend weather-wise from today through Monday. It's coming up. 
A near or normal, or rather above normal, Atlantic hurricane season is predicted for this year. In its annual forecast, NOAA says 10 to 16 named storms are expected, 5 to 9 of which are going to be hurricanes, 1 to 4 that will become Category 3 or higher hurricanes. Hurricane season officially starts Friday, June 1st, but looks like it might get an early start. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. With a storm system headed this way, the Florida Highway Patrol is advising motorists to stay off the road this weekend. If you do have to drive, Captain Thomas Peichel at the FHP says turn off the cruise control. It's a great feature, but when you need to slow down or adjust your speed, that's not an option with cruise control. If you need to take your foot off the gas when that cruise control's on, you don't have that ability. So be sure not to be using that cruise control as well. Peichel says otherwise, slow down and turn on your headlights. I don't get that. All you have to do is tap the brakes. Bang, just tap the brakes, the cruise control's off, right? Is that the way that works? You want to fight with the captain from the Florida yes. Highway Patrol? Get him in here. All I'm, right. I'm in a That's fighting mode this morning. That's wow. how it works in every car I've ever been in. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Uh, interesting advice. Uh, do with it what you will. Okay. Forgive me. I don't know. I'm, uh, you had up a good head of steam here, and I've just like, you know, you know interrupted the momentum. We've just gone off an, onto a dirt road now. Another tangent, courtesy with, of the Bud Man. With Go the ahead. cruise control on, <laughs> no clue as to how to disengage it. <laughs> Go ahead. Breaking news overnight from Canada where a bomb went off at a restaurant. A manhunt is underway following a bombing at an Indian restaurant outside Toronto. Canadian police say the men walked into the establishment and detonated an improvised explosive device. Then they took off running. The blast injuring at least 15 people. Three of the victims are said to be in critical condition. Police say the injuries are consistent with those of an explosion. It's not clear yet what motivated the attack in suburban Toronto. That's Fox's Jackie Ibanez. The suspects are described as two light-skinned men wearing jeans and dark hoodies. One of the country's largest pro-choice groups is taking aim at a couple of congressional seats here in Florida. Elise Hogue with the National Abortion Rights Action League says they're going after Congressman Brian Mast of Palm Beach County because he supports the heartbeat bill that would outlaw most abortions. There is no way that Mast voters know that he has taken these votes. He certainly doesn't trumpet it from his stump speech where he is removing people's rights with no exception for rape and incest, which is not even a position. I mean, that, that position is in the single digits. They're also targeting District 26 and Congressman Carlos Curbelo. Hogue says their goal nationwide is to elect a pro-choice majority in Congress. Rick Flagg, Tallahassee. Congressman Adam Schiff says there's no evidence to support President Trump's claims that the FBI or any intelligence agency placed a spy in the Trump presidential campaign. Schiff is the ranking Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, and he made that comment after a bipartisan classified intelligence briefing yesterday. Yeah, we haven't gotten a lot of information out of that, mostly behind closed doors. More to come. WFLA News Time is 7.07. A mom blames a Netflix series for her teen daughter's suicide attempt. That story's online at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thanks, Alan. Alongside Alan Spector, the Bud Man, with you until 9 o'clock this morning. My take and yours on the hottest topics in talk radio, tying it all together so beautifully in the control room, is Yaffe, our executive producer, and Steph, we're working her hard early this morning here, screening calls, 407-916-5400, text line 23680. We're going to get into District 6, the uh, congressional seat now occupied by Ron DeSantis, uh, Republican, 
who is retiring from that seat and uh, making a bid for Florida governor. So we have a couple of Republican candidates uh, squaring off in a debate in the primary and a very interesting and contentious dispute between the two that I want to get your take on uh, about whether or not displaced Puerto Ricans from the hurricanes uh, should or should not be able to vote in Florida. So stay tuned. It is coming up. Uh, good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Final day of our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. So listen now for the new keyword of the hour, then text that word to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner. That's coming up in seconds, followed immediately by my update for you on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So Ron DeSantis is giving up his uh, congressional seat, District 6, to run for Florida governor, Republican Ron DeSantis. District 6, as, um, as reconfigured recently, I can tell you, includes Volusia County, Flagler County, parts of Lake County, including Mount Dora. It is demographically about 80% white and about 13% Hispanic. Um, just seven, eight years ago, it was only 7% Hispanic. We have a large and growing Hispanic uh, community here in, uh, in Florida, in central Florida, and certainly here in the Orlando area, which has been a magnet for so many folks to come from Puerto Rico when they lost everything in the big hurricanes last season. You know, a a lot of them are still here. Some have gone back. They are all American citizens. Now, I'm just setting up this controversy between two Republicans who are vying in the primary season now um, for a nomination to succeed Ron DeSantis in District 6. Uh, Before the hurricanes last summer in Puerto Rico, we had... A bit over a million Puerto Rican residents in the state of Florida, and about 500,000 of them were registered to vote. Now, the number of Puerto Ricans who moved to Florida, fleeing the storms and the ruin on the island, um, nearly 300,000. But the ones that have changed residency here, about 50,000. They tend to vote more Democratic than Republican, but uh, not, not tremendously so, and are not as inclined to vote as other Hispanic constituencies like folks in Florida from Cuba. I'm just setting the scene here to tell you this. They are American citizens. If they move from one place to another, just like if you move from here to Georgia or New Jersey or North Dakota or California, you could then set up your residency there and register to vote in that state, okay? So if they change their residency, they can register to vote here in Florida. Some have, some have not. At any rate, a couple of these candidates for the DeSantis seat on the Republican side recently had a debate. We're talking about Republicans John Ward and Fred Costello. And John Ward has really taken heavy flack for his comments about this issue. I don't think they should be allowed to register to vote. And, and, you know, it's not lost on me that uh, uh, I think the Democrat Party is really hoping that they can change kind of the, the, the voting registers in a lot of counties and districts. And, and I, I don't think they should be allowed to do that. Well, of course, the, Repub- the Democrats are trying to do that. Both parties do that. But the fact of the matter is, these are American citizens, John, for crying out loud. If they want to come here and change residency and register to vote, they can legally do it. And that point, of course, was brought up by his opponent. Here is Fred Costello. I absolutely disagree. Puerto Ricans are citizens of the United States of America. 
They have a right to go anywhere in the United States. Do I want them coming here and registering Democrat? Of course not. I want them to understand that they moved here for opportunity. They moved to Florida because they wanted to take care of their families. And if they want individual liberty and personal responsibility and equal opportunity, we, the Republican Party, need to show them why we're the party that they need to gravitate to. Don't you agree Fred Costello's got that right? That's the case Republicans need to make, and it can be well made to Puerto Ricans who have relocated from the island in the wake of the big hurricanes here. But we can't stop them from voting if they choose to set up residency here. They can vote here in Florida. They are U.S. citizens. You may not like that on one level or another, but that's the truth, and by God, that's the law. John Ward's doubling down on this right now. I can tell you that um, Ron DeSantis, who's a guy we really like, is not happy at all with this, weighing in and coming down on John Ward, you know, saying that Puerto Ricans are U.S. citizens and any suggestion that they should be treated differently than other Americans is beyond the pale. These are our fellow Americans, and candidates running for office as Republicans need to be committed to equal treatment under the law for all our citizens. You know, we don't need to be alienating this growing fast-growing constituency, the way Ward has done. Uh, He is still sticking by his words, and we'll have that in a moment. And if you'd like to weigh in on this and uh, comment on how you're feeling about candidates Ward and Costello, 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Republican primary candidates for uh, the DeSantis congressional seat, District 6, John Ward and Fred Costello got into a spirited debate And a lot of heat has come down on John Ward, you know, for saying he doesn't think that, uh, you know, Puerto Ricans who came here, they're all U.S. citizens, uh, to escape the storms, uh, ought to be able to vote here. And um, he says, I stand by what I said. I do not believe the Democrat Party should be able to take advantage of Puerto Rican evacuees fleeing a natural disaster here on a temporary basis in order to manipulate voter registration rolls in the run-up to the 2018 elections. Well, we don't support anything illegal at all, but if a, if a, if a, a Puerto Rican wants to come here and, and not have it a temporary thing and they're going back to the island, they want to change their residency, they can register to vote here. They're U.S. citizens. They're, they're portable in that regard just the way you are. Um, anyway, let's, uh, let's get a phone call in here, and I definitely want to check the text line and get Yaffe's perspective on this as well. Down to Polk County we go, and Reed, you're on the line with a bud man from Winter Haven. Good morning, Reed. Good morning, Mr. Hedegaard. Hi, go ahead. I, I, I respectfully disagree with you, sir. I think you're 100% wrong. They may be United States citizens. That is true. That is all well and good. Um, but Puerto Ricans that come here will consistently vote for the left, and they will, make, they will turn uh, Florida um, blue, and it is a mistake uh, to, to cuck on this issue. Well, then what and, would you uh, do, sir? What would you do? Would you lock them up? Would you deport them all? What would you do, Reed? Well, They're well, U.S. citizens. If they take up residency here, they can register to vote here. I would not, I would not lock them up, but um, that's, that's, not, uh, that's not at all what I'm saying. That, but uh, any, any kind of Republican strategy for the... Uh, to try to co-op the Hispanic vote or something is, some, is something that's doomed to fail, and they will. Um, if that's what this is. 
All right, listen, let me tell you something. I think they can compete for Puerto Rican votes in the marketplace of ideas. You're saying, well, wait a minute. You know, they got the entitlement mentality that's destroyed the big government system that destroyed the economy of Puerto Rico, okay, and is what's made the recovery so difficult among many things beyond the storms themselves. But the fact of the matter is maybe they're fed up with that. They're looking for something else here, and that's not the big government Democrats. That's the way the Republicans see things. Compete for the votes, Yaffe. I mean, you're exactly right. I'm, most of the callers' reasons there were political reasons, but just because you disagree with someone's politics, you can't take away their rights. You know, a lot of people move down here from, say, New York. A lot of them are going to vote Democrat. Should we take away their rights because, well, we disagree with their politics and we don't want to change the politics of the state? That's not how it works. Put well on the text line, sir. Uh, yes, uh, we got some people who agree with you um, and some people who don't. It's been kind of split. One person says they should not be allowed to vote in our elections. They vote in Puerto Rico. If they're just here temporarily, they should not be voting here in Florida. Yeah, but if they if they change their residency here, like right. 50,000 have done, exactly. that's like you moving to any state. Yeah, or like, you know, college kids. They come to college yes. here in Florida and they change the residency yeah. and they vote here. Same yeah. thing. There you go. All right. We'll see how it all plays out. So um, bottom of the hour, News on Friday is brought to us by my good friend, Alan Spector. And here he comes with more news. on. And we uh, use the term friend loosely around here. No, 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 no. (laughs) I don't know. Are there there unspoken hostilities of which the Bud Man is yet unaware? No. (laughs) Alan's coming up. Seriously, we got breaking news out of uh, Ontario, Canada. Um, a lot of casualties uh, in, involved in a bombing in a restaurant. And uh, also that chances of a tropical depression or a storm forming in the Gulf now on the increase. Alan will have perspectives on that. We'll have a live report from, not a live report, but an interview that I did a short time ago with AccuWeather on that coming up in the next half hour. So much to come here on uh, what for a lot of you is the getaway day for the Memorial Day weekend. So whether you're going or whether you're staying in Central Florida, we've got a lot for you coming up. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We greet you on a Friday at 7.30. was breaking news we had received from overnight when we came on the air this morning out of Canada. And, Alan, let's start there with our news update for the folks joining us at the bottom of the hour. All right, bud. A manhunt is underway for two suspects believed to have set off an explosive at a Canadian restaurant. Fox's Jill Nato has more. At least 15 people hurt three critically after an explosion at a restaurant in Mississauga in Ontario. Police say two men went into an Indian restaurant, set off an improvised explosive device, then took off. The CBC is reporting tactical teams and police canines could be seen outside as patients were loaded into ambulances. Police spokesperson Iriana Yashnik. It's a multi-unit uh, response here. We are uh, using a lot of resources. One witness says everything was destroyed, lots of blood in the floor. There was a guy with glass inside his eyes. Many people were bleeding so much. No word on a motive yet. Jill Nato, Fox News. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Forecasters now say that a tropical depression or tropical storm Alberto could form in the Gulf of Mexico. 
The National Hurricane Center says there's a 70% chance of that happening in the next two days and a 90% chance in the next five days. For a number of days, this disturbance, which is an invest right now, Invest 90L is its title, the models have been all over the place, but they're in good agreement now. We've got a broad area of low pressure that's actually centered over the eastern Yucatan Peninsula. It's moving slowly northward, getting better defined. Hurricane Center forecaster Dennis Felkin says... Whenever that happens, Florida's going to get a lot of rain. More on this as I talk with an AccuWeather meteorologist on our team of um, weather experts here in a couple of minutes. And NOAA is out with its 2018 hurricane season forecast, predicting 10 to 16 named storms, with 5 to 9 becoming hurricanes, 1 to 4 becoming major hurricanes. Dr. Jerry Bell, the agency's lead hurricane season forecaster, says he hopes everyone's paying attention, especially because of what happened last season. Uh, we know certain areas that have been compromised from last year's storms, and that makes hurricane preparedness even more important this year because you're, you're, you're living with homes that may, and, and other air, things that just aren't as hurricane prepared as you may have had last year's. The six-month hurricane season gets underway one week from today. Police in Orlando are investigating a deadly shooting at a downtown apartment complex. It happened around 1.30 a.m. at the Crescent Central Station Apartments on North Orange Avenue. Officers found a 23-year-old man at the scene with a gunshot wound. He was pronounced dead at a nearby hospital. It's not known what led up to the shooting. The Houston Rockets are one win away from their first NBA Finals in more than 20 years. The Rockets edged the Golden State Warriors 98-94 last night in Oakland to take a 3-2 lead in the Western Conference Finals. Boy, that great Warriors team now backs to the wall. I'm surprised. Yeah, well, they're still in it, though. Yep. Elsewhere, bud. Yes, sir. The world's largest known freshwater pearl is up for auction in the Netherlands. The sleeping lion is a rare natural object weighing almost four ounces and is almost three inches long. The pearl is known for its 300-year history, where it rotated between colonial merchants, noble jewelers, and European royals, including Catherine the Great. The lion-shaped pearl is estimated to be worth over $630,000. Wow. It'll be sold to the highest bidder at auction in The Hague, May 31st. Very cool. And the uh, 30-year-old upstate New York man who was evicted from his parents' house... Oh, yeah, we were talking about this guy. ...is getting a job offer and and a starting bonus from an Italian restaurant. Michael Rotondo's parents offered to help him move out in February by offering $1,100 and giving him a two-week notice. Rotondo took his parents to court saying he needed six months. He's reportedly a father who doesn't have a job. Villa Italian Kitchen is offering Rotonda a job and a starting bonus of $1,101, one more than the parents. <laughs> a bidding war. The COO of the restaurant says the company... Feels for millennials and understands that life isn't easy. Oh, geez. This guy's 30 and he's been living with his folks for like forever, right? Yeah. 10 years or something like this. On a more uplifting note, on the other extreme here, a 14 year old girl is now a college grad. Aurora Jettle picked up an associate degree from her community college in Danielson, Connecticut yesterday. She says she plans on having her bachelor's before she's old enough to drive. Jettel was the commencement speaker with a 3.98 GPA. 14? Yeah. It was always those smart girls. I just, I couldn't stand them back in school. How do you think they Michael, all... how do you think Michael Rotondo feels about her? Yeah, well, well, that's an interesting <laughs> thought. We'll tie those two together. But you know, it was those really smart girls 
with the perfect penmanship. You could never beat them on a test. Doesn't matter how well you did, they would always do better. Decades later, the bitterness is still there. It is. It's, it's all a, bubbling to the surface. You're a sick man, bud, Edinger. <laughs> a case could be made. But I like you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Are we done? Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate you. Alan Spector with the news and Fridays, and he'll be back at the top of the hour or whenever the spirit moves him. Uh, <laughs> coming up in a moment, uh, you've been hearing about all this tropical trouble from this system. Uh, earlier in the show, I talked with one of our top flight AccuWeather meteorologists, knowing a lot of you join us at various times. We're going to play that interview back. It's about three minutes worth of what you need to know going in to this Memorial Day weekend. We'll have that and an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Right now, from a bit earlier in the show, and especially for those of you who are just joining us here on the Friday leading into the Memorial Day weekend, you've been hearing an awful lot about this tropical system gathering to the south of us and what it might mean for our holiday weekend. So um, we've decided we're going to rerun this interview, and let's get to it right now with one of our top flight AccuWeather meteorologists. Let's bring in AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Dager, who did such a great job for us on yesterday's show. Um, Welcome back to Good Morning Orlando, Bill. We appreciate you coming on so early. Hey, good to be back. So you take a look at that system down in the Caribbean. What do you see, and where's it headed? Well, it continues to get better organized uh, this morning as it's located on uh, Mexican's Yucatan coast right now in the far western Caribbean Sea. It's continuing to work its way off to the north, and at this point we expect it to become a tropical system or a subtropical system by the time it makes it into the Gulf uh, by tonight or even tomorrow. It would take on the name Alberto, and it would bring uh, some rain and thunderstorms to the southeast over the next couple of days. The storms we'll be seeing scattered around today and tomorrow, not necessarily from what will become Alberto, but it looks like Sunday we may see a direct impact or at least an indirect impact from that with the uh, storm passing off to our west, likely some heavy rain, gusty winds, and even some flooding downpours. All right, now the system itself is going to stay somewhere out in the Gulf. We'd be on the right side of this and a lot of tropical moisture dug in, but we're are moving our way, but we're not looking at a direct hit, even if this becomes Alberta. Would that be correct here in the peninsula? That's uh, how it looks right now. It looks like the area most likely to see landfall from this system by Sunday or Monday of uh, next week looks to be from the Florida Panhandle west of New Orleans. Still a little uncertain where that center of the storm will go in or how strong it will be when it makes uh, landfall there. But uh, like you said, the eastern part of that storm, it tends to be the part of the storm that uh, feeds the system. So lots of a tropical moisture being streamed in from the south and the southeast on this side of the storm. And we'll be right in that on Sunday. So again, Sunday, it looks like here in, in central Florida, Uh, the best threat for some heavy rain and uh, thunderstorm activity, even the potential for, uh, you know, on the eastern quadrant, isolated tornadoes. Uh, So that's something we'll be keeping an eye on uh, later in the weekend. Okay, so scattered afternoon storms Friday and Saturday, maybe a big-time washout on Sunday. What about the Memorial Day holiday on Monday for Central Florida? So many observances and tributes to be paid for those who fought and died for our country What does Memorial Day look like in Central Florida now, Bill? 
Yes, Sunday certainly, again, the day that looks to be the best chance of rain. And we're still going to have a pretty significant chance on Memorial Day Monday as well, though back off a little bit compared to Sunday. So we're still expecting a shower or thunderstorm to be around pretty much at any time. Uh, temperatures will be in the low 80s uh, with some breaks of sun. So, again, uh, the weekend kind of sandwiched uh, Saturday and Monday your lowest probability of rain, but it's still above 50%. And again, Sunday, the day that looks to be almost a washout in some areas. Really appreciate it. The very latest from AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Dager. Nice to have you with us as always. And I hope, regardless of the weather, you have a nice Memorial Day weekend. Thank you, Bill. You as well. Thank you. So that's the latest from our friends at AccuWeather. Coming up a little later in the show, I'm going to try to do this just about 820, a special annual tribute in advance of Memorial Day, to all of our veterans. I'll play the piece I recorded years ago that gets requested every year, and we've had requests for it today. What is a veteran? It is ahead in about a half an hour. Guess you better enjoy this weather because apparently it's not going to hold for the weekend. More on that coming up. Um, and uh, it looks like toward the end of the weekend we may be in some trouble. But i got to tell you, this great Memorial Day service I've been privileged to MC for about 25 years now. And Sally Kopke uh, from Vitas puts it all together and has a great, great team. I want to recommend to you, it is still on for Monday morning at 11 o'clock, about one hour in length at Glen Haven Memorial Park on Temple Drive in Winter Park. they got great tents to protect you, whether it's raining or whether we've got hot sun. Lots of seating available an unforgettable program, so patriotic, fantastic music, uh, reenactments of great battle scenes, tributes to the veterans who fought and died in all of our wars, very, very special speakers as well. So I hope you will join us for We Remember Them, the special Memorial Day service at Glenhaven Memorial Park on Monday at 11 a.m. Heading into the weekend, if movies are your thing, there's a lots of them out there, lots of them just opening right now. And how'd you like to go? Free. You can do it. Free Movie Friday here on WFLA with Adam Tickets is back. Here's your chance to win free movie tickets. Yeah, I'm not kidding you. You need to text them right now. You text RECORD, R-E-C-O-R-D, text RECORD to A-T-O-M-1, that's 28661 for your chance to win free tickets on Free Movie Friday. The Adams Ticket apps, I really want you to check this out where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, and more. Happy movie going. It is Free Movie Friday. News coming up with Alan Spector now as Florida braces for a weekend drenching from a tropical system. And somebody sets off a bomb up in Canada at a restaurant outside Toronto. More than a dozen hurt there. It was our breaking news overnight. A lot more news coming as well. Alan Spector joining us here at the top of the hour as we roll into hour number three from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Good Friday morning from all of us at 8 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Friday edition of the show at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right here, right now on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning could Alberto be on the way? We've got details coming up in one minute. And his North Korean summit. Trump says it's off. Now, North Korea sounded like. They want it on. We'll have the latest in a live report coming right up on Good Morning Orlando. 
803 on News Radio 1025. Forecasters at the National Hurricane Center are out with an updated forecast this morning regarding that system that's been hanging around the Yucatan Peninsula. They're giving the system a 90% chance of developing into a tropical depression or tropical storm Alberto within the next 48 hours as it moves into the Gulf of Mexico. Whatever happens, Dennis Felkin at the Hurricane Center says Florida can expect a lot of rain. It could be the West Coast, could be the Middle, could be the East Coast, could be everything. There's been a lot of rain across the Florida Peninsula for the last week, so there are a few places for that water to go other than up. So I would be very concerned about the possibility of flooding and flash flooding over the Memorial Day weekend. So that's something we should all be paying attention to. Meanwhile, NOAA is predicting that the upcoming hurricane season will be near or above normal. That's when you have more storms forming in the tropical. Atlantic, and those storms tend to track farther westward, Meet that's, and that's why the Caribbean and the United Continental United States are, are more at risk. The agency's lead hurricane forecaster, Dr. Jerry Bell, is predicting 10 to 16 named storms during the six-month season, with five to nine becoming hurricanes and one to four of those becoming major hurricanes. The hurricane season officially starts one week from today. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Harvey Weinstein made his way into a New York City police precinct a short time ago to surrender to police on charges of sexual assault. The former movie mogul is expected to be granted bail and ordered to wear an ankle monitor. Oscar-winning actor Morgan Freeman is denying accusations of sexual harassment. CNN says some of the alleged victims worked with the 80-year-old Freeman on movie sets. Some are reporters and others claim it happened at his Los Angeles production company. An explosion at a restaurant near Toronto has injured more than a dozen people, three of them critically. Police say three men set off an improvised explosive device inside an Indian restaurant in suburban Mississauga last night. Police say the men walked into the restaurant around 10.30 p.m., set off the IED and ran out. A regional paramedic service says 15 people were taken to hospitals. They don't know what we're dealing with here. They haven't caught these guys. They don't know if this is terrorism or just somebody with a grudge or or whatever, do they? Remains to be seen, bud. My goodness. The admitted gunman from the high school shooting in Parkland makes a court appearance today. Nicholas Cruz, identified as the teenage gunman who stormed Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School last February and killed 17 people, is due back in front of a judge today. Not much is expected to happen at court, and the hearing is only for lawyers to check in and for the court to examine the case's progress. Cruz is represented by a public defender and is still offering to plead guilty in exchange for a life sentence. Prosecutors, however, insist they'll pursue the death penalty. In Miami, Eben Brown, Fox News. Shots fired inside Louie's Restaurant in Oklahoma City. The gunman fired off several rounds, wounding two female customers, and then tried to leave when an armed man confronted him and shot the suspect dead. Now that good Samaritan is being hailed as a hero, potentially saving dozens of lives. Debbie Doggett had a relative inside that restaurant who made it out. We just felt so fortunate that there was someone there who was able to stop it uh, before more people were hurt. A third person, an adult male, was injured running from the scene. He fell and broke his arm. Thank God for a good guy with a gun in the right place at the right time in Oklahoma. WFLA News time is 8.07. The FDA warns popular teething medications are unsafe for children. That story is online at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. So glad you're with us here. 
Coming right up, a live report from our News Radio 1025 correspondent Bill Zimfer working the foreign desk. Trump pulled the plug on the North Korean summit, and now the North Koreans are sounding like they want back in. We're going to get the very latest from Bill. You don't want to miss that. He's the best in the business. Then I'm going to be uh, playing um, at the request of some of our wonderful listeners here and our run-up to Memorial Day, my What is a Veteran piece that I recorded many, many years ago and play on patriotic occasions. We will not be live on Monday, but I will be emceeing the Memorial Day ceremonies out at Glen Haven Memorial Park on Temple Drive in, um, in Winter Park at 11 a.m. They have tents to protect you from the weather no matter what it may be. Uh, and I hope you will come and bring your kids, bring your grandkids. It's great to see so many patriots there for one of the most extraordinary observances of its kind anywhere, thanks to Sally Kopke and the great team she has. And wherever you are, if it's not convenient to be with us out in Winter Park at Glen Haven Memorial Park, um, I hope that you will make time in your Memorial Day weekend for a tribute to those who have fought and died in all of our wars, our great veterans, and those particularly we remember who gave the last full measure of devotion to this great country we love. There are observances everywhere in Central Florida, and I hope you will find time to be connected to one. In a moment, the situation with North Korea and this summit meeting. Stay tuned. And also, in just a second, the very last opportunity for you to win your share of 880000 bucks in cold cash the last hour on the last day of our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Listen for the new key word of the hour. Text that word at 200-200. Here it comes. You could be our next $1,000 winner. We'll have that followed by a quick update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. The Trump Kim Jong un summit in Singapore was set for the 12th of June. But all of a sudden, the North Koreans, who sounded like they were all in on this, started sounding like they wanted to have nothing to do with it. So Trump said, That's it, we are out. That was the word yesterday early. And by the end of the day last night, we were hearing that the North Koreans want back in. Bill Zimfer, you're working the foreign desk for us here. And uh, uh, welcome back to Good Morning Orlando, our fine News Radio 1025 national correspondent. What's the latest on this uh, summit meeting situation? Well, thank you, bud. Good to be with you. Uh, yeah, what a roller coaster ride this has been over the last week or so. Uh, after the president first said early in the week there was a substantial chance it would not happen, then said there was a good chance it would happen, and then he called it off. So where are we now? Well, after all this and uh, the attitude we have he heard from North Korea over the last couple of weeks, what a change. After the president uh, made his announcement and penned that letter to Kim Jong-un, now North Korea is saying that Kim Jong-un is still willing to meet with the president and North Korea is ready to talk at any time in any form. So uh, <laughs> uh, they are back to being more conciliatory. And uh, while I think June 12 is still probably out of the question, there is a chance that uh, the two could sit down sometime uh, later on this summer or later on in the year. The president was angry that North Korea had failed to show up for a pre-summit um, uh, planning session in Singapore where they're going to hold yep. this thing in Southeast Asia, right? And then also very angry at the tone North Korean leaders were taking towards some members of his team. 
Yeah, most notably Vice President Mike Pence, who they called a political dummy uh, over the weekend. And this has just been the latest in what had been harsh reaction from uh, North Korea to just about everything. So the president, but I believe, was in a no-win situation here, especially after North Korea came out and said, hey, it's the president's choice. Either we sit down or there's a nuclear showdown. If the president says, okay, I'll sit down, then it looks like he's caving in to North Korea. And uh, Kim Jong-un is the guy in charge. If he says, okay, showdown time, then you're going to war. You don't want to do that either. So I really believe the president was in a no-win situation, and he made the right move to call this off right now. So has North Korea come back to their senses? I think it remains to be seen, but certainly what we have heard from them so far uh, is a a pleasant change. Absolutely. Great to get up to date on all of this. It's such an important story as we get ready for the long Memorial Day weekend, and a lot of folks will not be as completely connected with the news as they normally are. Bill, thank you very, very much for the latest on that and have a good holiday weekend yourself you too thank you bud yeah good deal i really see a little art of the deal trumpism going on here he was infamous notorious and quite notable i should say in his corporate world as a real estate mogul you know for being willing to play hardball to back away and walk away from a deal if somebody wasn't behaving the way he wanted And I think that may be what's going on here. And all of a sudden, it's almost like the North Koreans are saying, I can't believe he pulled the plug on this thing. Uh, We need to do this. Of course, who knows what's real with them. Uh, We will follow it very, very closely and be talking about it with you when we get back together next week. We do not have a um, live show on Monday morning, Memorial Day. We'll have special programming. But right now, in the run-up to Memorial a tradition to Memorial Day, a tradition here on Good Morning Orlando. What is a veteran? Some veterans bear visible signs of their service, a missing limb, a jagged scar, a certain look in their eye. Others may carry the evidence inside them, a pin holding a bone together, a piece of shrapnel in the leg, or perhaps another sort of inner steel, the soul's ally forged in the refinery of adversity. Except in parades, however, the men and women who have kept America safe bear no badge or emblem. You can't tell a vet just by looking. What is a vet? He is the cop on the beat who spent six months in Saudi Arabia sweating two gallons a day, making sure the armored personnel carriers didn't run out of fuel. He is the barroom loudmouth, dumber than five wooden planks, whose overgrown frat boy behavior is outweighed a hundred times in the cosmic scales by four hours of exquisite bravery near the 38th parallel. She or he is the nurse who fought against futility and went to sleep sobbing every night for two solid years in Da Nang. He is the POW who went away one person and came back another or didn't come back at all. He is the Quantico drill instructor who has never seen combat, but has saved countless lives by turning slouchy, no-account rednecks and gang members into Marines and teaching them to watch each other's backs. He is the parade-riding legionnaire who pins on his ribbons and medals with a prosthetic hand. He is the career quartermaster who watches the ribbons and medals pass him by. He is the three anonymous heroes in the Tomb of the Unknowns, whose presence at the Arlington National Cemetery must forever preserve the memory of all the anonymous heroes whose valor dies unrecognized with them on the battlefield or in the ocean's sunless deep. He is the old guy bagging groceries at the supermarket, palsied now and aggravatingly slow, who helped liberate a Nazi death camp and who wishes all day long that his wife were still alive to hold him when the nightmares come. He is an ordinary and yet extraordinary human being, a person who offered some of his life's most vital years in the service of his country, 
and who sacrificed his ambition so others would not have to sacrifice theirs. He is a soldier and a savior and a sword against the darkness, and he is nothing more than the finest, greatest testimony on behalf of the finest, the greatest nation ever known. So remember, each time you see someone who has served our country, just lean over and say, thank you. That's all most people need, and in most cases it will mean more than any medals they could have been awarded or were awarded. Two little words that mean a lot. Thank you. There are wonderful Memorial Day observances all around Central Florida, which will be your opportunity to say thank you to the veterans and particularly to honor those who died in service to this country. And one of the best is the one I've been privileged to emcee for 25 years now that Sally Kopke and her team put on out at Glenhaven Memorial Park on Temple Drive in Winter Park. This will be at 11 o'clock for about one hour on Friday and on Monday morning. And no matter what the weather, we've got tents, everything is on, lots of seating, and an amazing patriotic program. I hope you will come and join us. Or if you can't be there, be somewhere paying tribute to our servicemen and women, particularly those who have given the last full measure of devotion in service to this country we love. Alan Spector updating our news here at the bottom of the hour. Serious situation up in Canada. They're trying to figure out exactly what the motive was for a restaurant bombing that has injured more than a dozen people. And more on the chances of this tropical depression you've been hearing about forming into a tropical storm in the Gulf and what it might mean for our weather. Alan will give you some setup on that later in this hour. I'll be talking with an AccuWeather meteorologist to give you a thought on exactly how this is going to unfold day by day through the upcoming Memorial Day weekend. We could be in for some rough weather. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Good morning to you at 8.30. Good morning, Orlando. Rolling on to the 9 o'clock hour. Updating the news now. Alan Spector and big news out of the Big Apple within the past hour. That's right, bud. Disgraced Hollywood mogul Harvey Weinstein turned himself in at a police station in New York City where he faces criminal charges in a sexual assault probe. Reporters on scene shouted his name. Weinstein did not answer. These are the first criminal charges brought against Weinstein since more than 75 women have come forward over the past nine months and accused him of sexual misconduct. And actor Morgan Freeman is denying sexual harassment allegations against him. CNN says it spoke with 16 women, eight claiming to be victims of Freeman's misconduct and eight saying they witnessed it. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. There's now a 90% chance that a tropical depression or tropical storm Alberto will form in the Gulf of Mexico. That from the National Hurricane Center, where Dennis Feltkin says he and other forecasters have been tracking an area of low pressure near and over the Yucatan Peninsula. It's very possible the subtropical or tropical depression is going to form by late Saturday over the southeastern Gulf of Mexico. 
the Florida Peninsula will be on the wet side of this, so it looks like locally heavy rainfall is going to be the big story over Florida, regardless of whether this thing gets its act together or not. In addition, the threat of rip currents will steadily increase along the Gulf Coast from Florida westward to Louisiana over the Memorial Day weekend. A near or above normal Atlantic hurricane season is predicted for this year. In its annual forecast, NOAA says 10 to 16 named storms are expected, 5 to 9 of which are going to be hurricanes. 1 to 4 of those will become Category 3 or higher hurricanes. The official hurricane season doesn't really start till one week from today. Canadian police say an improvised explosive device was set off in an Indian restaurant in a mall in suburban Toronto last night. Brian Gibson is Deputy Chief of Regional Paramedic Services. So we transported 15 patients from the scene to local area hospitals. Three of those patients went down to a trauma trauma centre in Toronto. Those three in critical condition. Police say two suspects with their faces covered entered the Bombay Bail restaurant, dropped the device and fled. Motive unknown, guys still on the loose. Exactly. Yeah. Still waiting to find out more. Mm-hmm. Orange County deputies are investigating the shooting of a man who was driving along westbound State Road 408 near Goldenrod Road during last night's rush hour. They say a passerby found the man semi-conscious in his car. He was taken to a nearby hospital in critical condition. The Orlando Magic are reportedly set to meet with former Charlotte Hornets head coach Steve Clifford about their coaching vacancy. Clifford previously spent five years as an assistant in Orlando, Understand Van Gundy from 2007 through 2012. And elsewhere, bud. Yes, sir. If you're in the market for an official government coin commemorating an event that never happened, you're in luck. <laughs> the White House gift shop on Thursday made a newly minted Trump Kim Jong Un summit coin its deal of the day. The price was slashed a few dollars down to 19.95 after the president announced he would be backing out of the planned June 12th meeting with the North Korean leader. Well, you better scarf them up fast because all of a sudden the North Koreans want back in. So who knows how this thing is going to go? I mean, it's like trying to follow the price of gold. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> or Bitcoin or something. <laughs> William Devane will be out with a commercial about, you know, get these commemorative Kim Jong-un Donald Trump coins now. That's right. I want to go back to the America I know. Yes. And <laughs> we had ships, battleships made of silver. <laughs> 100,000 fans of comic books, movies, television, and anime are expected to visit Orlando this weekend for Megacon, one of the country's largest pop culture conventions. The event began yesterday at the Orange County Convention Center, continues through Sunday. Actors Jeff Goldblum of the Jurassic Park movie series, Billy D. Williams, the original Lando Calrissian from Star Wars, and Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are among the featured celebrity guests at the Megacon convention. Wow. And the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department is pulling over carpool karaoke. TV host James Corden was shooting a new episode of the popular Late Late Show segment with pop singer Adam Levine when he was pulled over by a deputy in Los Angeles. Hello, sir. I want to pull you over so he can sing a song for me. You want us to pull over so he can sing a song for you? Yes, because you caused a traffic hazard. <laughs> okay, fine. Oh, my God. This is a real first. And the deputy said, because you're causing a traffic hazard. <laughs> the segment aired last night, and the sheriff's department says the encounter was not scripted and told James Corden he needs to be more careful. Yeah, I think so. Thanks, Alan. Sure. Alan Spector with the news on Fridays, as only he can bring it.
Ahead, our daily sound judgment game. We're playing for that Trump board game. This is a real quality game that you're going to love playing with your family and friends. And when it's over, you'll find out exactly who you really are friends with. Um, The Trump policy board game. Real hard to get. We've got a pipeline to the folks who make it so we can make it available to you. It's a red-hot prize every time we play. So here's your chance to win the Trump board game. And um, you're eligible if you haven't won sound judgment in the last 30 days. So hop on the 50,000-watt front porch. Great chance for first-timers who never call me to debate the issues of the day. Get on the line, and you can win our sound judgment game and our great prize. 407-916-5400. Call me now. 407-916-5400. Sound judgment right after an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, which I will have for you here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I thought Trump was supposed to be a racist. Isn't that what the anti Trump media machine is always contending? CNN and the rest of the guys are racist? Why would he pardon a black heavyweight champion, Jack Johnson? Hmm, maybe he's not a racist. Anyway, time for the Daily Sound Judgment Game, and if you want in but you're getting a busy signal, hang in there. If we get a wrong answer, we'll open up a line, and you can call in and win at 407-916-5400. Win what? Well, Stephanie gives us the info on this prize. That's right, bud. So today, our Sound Judgment winner gets their very own copy of the brand new Trump Policy Board Game. Play Trump Policy with your family, play it with your friends, and very soon you'll know whether they are your friends. Trump Policy gives everyone a chance to voice their opinion on key issues of the day, and stand up for the kind of America they want. The new Trump policy game, a $40 value, is available at trumppolicy.net. All right, Patriots, are you ready? We're not going to have a live show on Monday, but I invite you to join me and your fellow Patriots for a deeply moving Memorial Day service at Glen Haven Park in Winter Park, Monday starting at 11. Um, I look forward to hearing a rousing rendition of the Battle Hymn of the Republic every year by Charles Hogabrooks at this great ceremony. And for today's sound judgment game... We're bringing out the U.S. Army Field Band, and we're going to play a familiar part of their rendition of the battle hymn. Now, I want you to listen closely, then use your sound judgment. And when the music stops, you sing the next line. And I really want to hear it, okay? Belt it out, whether you're a good singer or not. Just get all the words right, and you'll be our winner. Line one, finish it. His truth is marching on. Yaffe, let's verify that. There you go. We have a winner. Congratulations. Nice job on that song, and you've won the Trump board game. What do you think? How's my, how's my singing? 
That was okay. I'm not sure you're going to make the chorus or not, but we oh, might rat. but we might bring <laughs> you back for another audition. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> nice job, and you're a good sport about it. Sorry to all the rest of the contestants who were all ready to go. I'm throwing you a softball here today. I really wanted to give away the prize in the run-up to Memorial Day, and you have won it. What's your first name, my friend? Oh, uh, Charles. Charles, where are you calling in from? Uh, Stanford. Well, welcome aboard, and um, I hope you have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend and that, um, that you'll find a way to include, um, you know, paying homage to those who have fought and died in our wars. You sound like a great patriot. You did a great job on the song, and uh, we are delighted to have you with us this morning, Charles. Well, God bless you, bud. Take care, my friend. You as well. I'm going to put you and Stephanie together um, off air, and you can make that connection for the Trump board game, okay? All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah, have some fun. Good deal there. In a moment, um, I interviewed a little earlier in the show uh, one of our top AccuWeather meteorologists about this tropical system you've been hearing so much about. What kind of weather were we expecting day by day through the Memorial Day weekend? Stay tuned. We are going to give you the latest. We'll play that back in just a minute, and you don't want to miss it. We continue to cast a wary eye on the tropics, particularly with the system that is getting better organized in the Caribbean and moving northward and destined to one extent or another to uh, play a role in our Memorial Day weekend. Earlier, I got the very latest thinking on this from one of the best in the field, one of our top AccuWeather meteorologists, and we're going to play my conversation with him back. So let's do that now, Yavi. Let's bring in AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Dager, who did such a great job for us on yesterday's show. Um, welcome back to Good Morning Orlando, Bill. We appreciate you coming on so early. Hey, good to be back. So you take a look at that system down in the Caribbean. What do you see, and where's it headed? Well, it continues to get better organized uh, this morning as it's located on uh, Mexican's Yucatan coast right now in the far western Caribbean Sea. It's continuing to work its way off to the north, and at this point we expect it to become a tropical system or a subtropical system by the time it makes it into the Gulf uh, by tonight or even tomorrow. It would take on the name Alberto, and it would bring uh, some rain and thunderstorms to the southeast over the next couple of days. The storms we'll be seeing scattered around today and tomorrow, not necessarily from what will become Alberto, but it looks like Sunday we may see a direct impact or at least an indirect impact from that with the uh, storm passing off to our west, likely some heavy rain, gusty winds, and even some flooding downpours. All right, now the system itself is going to stay somewhere out in the Gulf. We'd be on the right side of this and a lot of tropical moisture dug in, but we're are moving our way, but we're not looking at a direct hit, even if this becomes Alberta. Would that be correct here in the peninsula? That's uh, how it looks right now. It looks like the area most likely to see landfall from this system by Sunday or Monday of uh, next week looks to be from the Florida Panhandle west of New Orleans. Still a little uncertain where that center of the storm will go in or how strong it will be when it makes uh, landfall there. But uh, like you said, the eastern part of that storm, it tends to be the part of the storm that uh, feeds the system. So lots of uh, tropical moisture being streamed in from the south and the southeast on this side of the storm. And we'll be right in that on Sunday. So again, Sunday, it looks like here in in central Florida, uh, the best threat for some heavy rain and uh, thunderstorm activity, even the potential for, uh, you know, on the eastern quadrant 
100 isolated tornadoes. Uh, so that's something we'll be keeping an eye on uh, later in the weekend. Okay, so scattered afternoon storms Friday and Saturday. Maybe a big-time washout on Sunday. What about the Memorial Day holiday on Monday for Central Florida? So many observances and tributes to be paid for those who fought and died for our country. What does Memorial Day look like in Central Florida now, Bill? Yes, Sunday certainly, again, the day that looks to be the best chance of rain. And we're still going to have a pretty significant chance on Memorial Day Monday as well, though back off a little bit compared to Sunday. So we're still expecting a shower or thunderstorm to be around pretty much at any time. Uh, Temperatures will be in the low 80s with some breaks of sun. So, again, uh, the weekend kind of sandwiched uh, Saturday and Monday your lowest probability of rain, but it's still above 50%. And again, Sunday, the day that looks to be almost a washout in some areas. Really appreciate it. The very latest from AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Dager. Nice to have you with us as always. And I hope, regardless of the weather, you have a nice Memorial Day weekend. Thank you, Bill. You as well. Thank you. All right, there you are. You're as up-to-date as you can be, but stay tuned to WFLA throughout the weekend, and you'll have the very, very latest because our great team of AccuWeather meteorologists is always on the job for us and for you. Hey, if you enjoy movies, well, Memorial Day, there are a lot of good movies that are coming out, and you can get tickets free thanks to Adam Tickets. It's Free Movie Friday. Here's your chance to win free movie tickets from Adam Tickets. You ready? Do it now. Just text them, text RECORD, R-E-C-O-R-D, R-E-C-O-R-D to A-T-O-M-1. That's 28661 for your chance to win free movie tickets. you got to love that. And you will love the Adams Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, and more. No live show, special program on Monday morning as we observe Memorial Day. And on uh, Tuesday, I'm grabbing an extra day for an extended family weekend celebrating my wonderful wife Linda's birthday. You know, one of those big milestone birthdays. So we're going to kind of do it up big. For Alan, for Yaffe, for Steph the Budman, thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.